Welcome to OsteoCast, where we talk all things osteopathy, functional anatomy, and movement. With your hosts, myself, Colby Brokel, Amanda Boysen, and Sarah Pucal. Hello there, this is Amanda. Welcome back to OsteoCast. Today we are going to talk about expectations. So patient expectations when they come into the clinic, um, what you can expect from us, treatment timelines, um, and lots of other fun and fascinating things. Cool, cool. I think uh, the game plan for today is a little bit less formal for you guys. Anyone who's been listening to our previous podcasts, you know that uh, we generally have a kind of a structure and talking about some sort of anatomy or mechanics or whatever it may be. I think we're just going to kind of talk about how we run our practices, a little bit about expectations for, for patients coming into the clinic and things like that. Um, so with that, Mandy, what was the first thing you wanted to kind of chat about? Well, I think the fir- the thing that I get constantly get asked the first time people come in is like, how long is it going to take me to get better? So yeah, I get that one all the time. Yeah, that's just a common, a common one. Um, so I mean, my answer for everybody is a little bit different. Generally, I tell them I need to have an assessment done prior to kind of giving them my professional opinion, because the reality is without actually doing that osteopathic assessment, I don't really have an idea of what your body looks like. Um, it's, you know, you can tell me about some of the past things, like some of your health history. Um, but until I've done my assessment, we have to see how, how well things move before we know where to go and, and see how you respond to treatment. Because if you're not, if we get a couple treatments in and you're not seeing much change there, maybe there needs to be more treatment before that happens. Um, or maybe, you know, the health of the tissues just aren't where they need to be to start accepting that yet. And we need to prep that first. Yeah. I think that's something that um, pretty much everyone wants to know, and it's always a, a time frame based thing in, in all kinds of aspects. May that be treatment or business or, or whatever it may be. Everyone wants to know how long is it going to take, how long is it going to take. And um, just as you said, like obviously you have to have a, an assessment process and, and some treatments under your belt to get an idea. But the truth is it, it's really variant based on the, the patient and their body because everyone's body's different responds differently to treatment and whatnot. So we can't really give a specific or outlined time frame because things always change. So or an absolute, like, I feel like that's what people really are looking for. You need to tell me that I'm going to be better by this date. Yeah. And it's just yeah, not they really wanna, within our cards. They want to guarantee yeah. they want to know that you're going to make them better and it's going to happen fast and they can move on. Well, when you really like what I, how I do this anyways, is when I really get pressed for an answer like that, it's like, I, I tell them I can't be sure, but if everything goes to plan, I always totally, um, shoot way longer than it should be. You know, it's going to be six months because then they understand that it's going to be a process. And of course you have to explain to them that it's a process, but, um, there, there is no time frame, And if they really push for it, then I make sure they know that there, there's a treatment process to go underhand where their body actually has to accept treatment and make the changes throughout the treatment process, not expecting to be pain-free or whatever it may be in, you know, two days. And that happens over time. That doesn't happen by you coming in the office three days in a row and, you know, showing up and saying, treat me and get me as better as quick as possible. Of course, you know, if you come in with an acute injury, for example, a sprained ankle, we might see you a bit more often than once a week to start off. 
But treatment and healing takes time. You need to give your body time to take treatment on and time for your cells to do their job and find health in the body. Yeah, exactly. I had something to say and I totally forget. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, uh, so that one's just in terms of the the treatment time frame for expect for for treatments we don't really have a, a specific time frame and that's because everybody's different but what would be like an expectation when a, a client or patient comes into the office for the first time um, obviously that's one of the questions that gets asked um, what other questions do you guys often experience in those times uh, I think a big one is what's wrong and can you help so not even worried about the time frame of treatment, but they just kind of want to know what's going on with their body. And I always find it funny that, you know, within the first two minutes of you doing a hands-on assessment, they're like, okay, so what's happening with me? And you're like, okay, well, let me get to the end of, you know, the assessment. Let me do head to toe because, you know, I'm not going to tell you one thing. And then we realize that maybe that pull you're feeling in the low back isn't coming from the low back at all. And it's coming um, a little bit higher up. So I think just kind of giving your practitioner time to do their full body assessment and then they will tell you what's happening and our thoughts behind, you know, the treatment needed or, you know, the first steps of treatment to get you better and on your way. Yeah. And to, to add to that, um, just in general, a lot of the times when people are asking, you know, what's wrong with me, what's going on, we really don't know until a, a period of treatments has gone by because oftentimes when you're you're seeing patients there are we call it talk about compensatory patterns and things but there might be big twists and turns or bends in the body that need to be dealt with before we can actually narrow down and see where the the specific problem may be because with osteopathy if you guys have listened to the previous podcasts we talked about finding the cause of the problem and truthfully we're looking for the cause so it's so difficult for us to tell you on day 1 this is the problem we can tell you on day 1 some of the stuff that we find but ultimately, when I'm seeing patients, I, I try my best not really to talk about what I found or what we're doing. And the main reason I do that also is because when you start to talk about that too much, I find that patients start to question it and patients start to um, become more aware of those. So it's not even that a problem gets better or worse, but they start to think about it more and more. So it, it becomes more front uh, on the front of their mind. And sometimes that creates a, a psychological component to the lesion pattern as well. And in saying that too, I think a lot of the time when pe when patients come in and ask those questions, it's because they've been told something in the past that they're trying to gain validation for those things. And yeah. maybe that's by another practitioner or by a friend or family member that had some similar pain or an experience that they've had in the past. But wherever that's coming from too, we just want to make sure that you patients understand that we look for completely different things than other practitioners. And generally when you come to see us, it's as a last resort, like you yeah. might have done X, Y, and Z already, but if you're coming to us, you need to trust us and trust our process. Cause it looks extremely different than everybody else's. Well, yeah. And that applies to the, the time frame that we were talking about earlier that a lot of the times you go to may it be um, another practitioner or whatever it may be and in that phase they tell you it's going to take this much time to do this or we think it's going to take 15 treatments or whatever that may be and that part of it in my opinion and I might be wrong and maybe I'll get yelled at for this I don't know but I think that's the business side of things where people are just trying to sell treatments and make sure that their business is successful when 
opposed to when you're actually looking at a patient. Like you can't know on day one that it's going to take three treatments or 10 treatments to, to help someone because you don't know how their body's going to respond until you've gone through it. And as that get their body gets healthier and healthier, they may respond differently or they will respond differently through that process. So I find it interesting, just as you touched on that, Amanda, that people come with that expectation, but that's how our world is built now. And that's how society works. And that's why they always have that question, I find. Yeah. I mean, and to be, it's a fair thing to say, Colby, too, that yes, it's going to take time um, for their body to feel better. But generally, you know, every treatment, you do feel a change and you do know that there's change happening in the body you know, change towards health, towards feeling better. And I think that's also why if you can get that client or that patient to trust you kind of through that initial appointment and then into that second appointment, you've gained their trust by that second appointment because they've seen how you work, they understand what's happening, and they got to feel it for themselves, right? So we always say, we'll show you on the table versus talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. Which is ironic as we record a podcast about it. But anyway. <laughs> uh, you know what? You got to share the information somehow. This this day and age, the information age, everybody does research and reads and listens to podcasts before they, they commit to things. So in this case, it's really just trying to get some of our prospective patients or current patients and, and public some education on kind of what we do because most people don't even know. And then from there, they can make that decision, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, just sharing our knowledge and having some good discussion too. Yeah, doing exactly. our best. <laughs> I think it's important to note too, like I know that we've mentioned this quote before. I think Colby said it on one of our previous podcasts, but I think it's still when we talk about expectation, it's an important thing to mention to clients as well is that pain is generally the last symptom to arise and the first one to go away. And when you can yeah. tell you can tell people that and actually help them understand that, it just I mean, it just helps with the timeline side of things because they might might feel that pain that they originally came in for is completely gone um, or is quite a bit better. And that's their time that they say, okay, you know what? I'm just going to go. Um, I don't need any more treatment. But that's actually when we can get a lot of really good work done so that pain doesn't reoccur in the future. Yes, absolutely. We talked about that a little bit earlier before we got on the podcast today was just about how... Uh, a lot of the times with patients, they'll do that. They'll they'll suspend their own treatment. May that be uh, because they feel better, because they feel better, and they don't want to spend um, money on treatment or whatever that may, like whatever it is. And that's the reason right there is because they they're starting to have less pain or no pain, but they might not be completely ready to go out into the world. Maybe there's still some c- c- compensatory things that need to be taken care of first. So yeah, and that's when treat uh, treatment frequency might start to change a little bit for people. Like we might not need to see you as, as frequently, but I, that, that follow-up visit that we're recommending for you to, to book in that time frame is, is still important. Yeah. Well, and that's talking about expectations and, and people having that guidance from other practitioners and other, other aspects of life. Sometimes that's the, the trip, the change with it is that other professions and other things and other practitioners, even in our field may just book follow-up appointments for the purpose of having them opposed to the purpose of fixing people and, and gaining that trust and having your patient understand that sometimes is, is crucial to making sure that they're on board with the treatment process. And every, every client's so different, right? Like I have some clients that know their body well and just call me when they feel that tune up they need. And there's other clients where we need to keep, you know, our treatment, 
follow-up appointments booked because they have a longer standing lesion. So they have something that's been in their body for a long time. So it's going to take time to gently unwind that. And given their health and their lifestyle as well, it's going to play a huge factor in how often you need treatment and when. Uh, 100%. Yeah. And how they use their body is a big deal too. Like if you have a job that you go to every day that is physical and you're repeating the same pattern in the same motion in the same fashion all the time, one, two, or three treatments isn't going to change maybe something that's been underlying in that pattern for a long time. Yeah. In that case, you may need uh, frequent treatment that maintains just to essentially keep the body healthy against that repetitive motion. And sometimes I find with those patients, um, they need to change their lifestyle at home uh, if it's, you know, going on regular walks or doing some stretching or whatever that that lifestyle change may be. And sometimes that's a a good change once the treatment process is closer to being finished to um, keep them out of the office as much as you can, right? Yeah, I was going to mention that too, Colby. Just if they show up and they're kind of looking similar every time you see them, then we need to ask, what are you doing between treatments that's kind of causing this pattern? And whether it's their job because it's very repetitive or as Colby mentioned, maybe there needs to be a few changes off the clock at home. Yeah. Well, I've had patients in the past that come in that are accountants. So they sit at their desk all day. They don't do anything except punch numbers essentially and take care of people. And then they're, you know, Ironman athletes in the, uh, in their spare time. So they're extremely active. And then the other side of things where you have a a bricklayer who just slings bricks all day, every day, and then goes home and watches eight hours of Netflix. And they're two completely different scenarios, but you know, that's going to cause a a series of problems. You know, you go work and sling bricks all day and then go sit on the couch and watch TV for the remainder of the day that's probably going to add up to some pretty wicked issues. So sometimes an active job is not always the best. You have to consider that, you know, most people are at work for eight or 10 hours a day. Well, there's another eight hours or so a day where they're awake and doing something. And if it's not being semi-productive to, to what their body needs, then it can be more of a negative than anything. Yeah, exactly. And I think that just goes back to what we talk about looking for in the body. We're always looking for balance. You don't want too much of anything or too little of anything. And so when we look at the body, we want to make sure that everything basically works in harmony the way that it was supposed to. So when you talk about someone's job or the way that they're, they're choosing to utilize their, let's just call it free time or their time outside of work, there needs to be a balance there too, between what you do during the day and what you do in your free time at night versus making sure you get enough sleep. Like there's a whole bunch of components that play into that. Yeah. And I think that goes back to what you talked about, Mandy, about patient education, right? Like just having these open discussions with our clients, seeing kind of what their lifestyle looks like, um, and then coming together to a conclusion of, well, maybe you sleeping, you know, only four hours every night isn't the best way to heal your body at this time. You know, what can we do to get you sleeping an extra two hours every night just to help that healing process and to get you feeling better quicker, right? It's all about your our patient's health and we just want you to get better, feel good and get out the door. Yeah, like there, there are basic components in in health that is important that we can talk about. And then there are things that when it gets too, too detailed or too complicated that we have to refer out to other professionals. But um, osteopathy obviously is about health of the body and, and making sure everything works well. And as you notice, every time we talk about anything on this podcast, it always circles back to the body healing itself and dealing with the problems that you bring to it on its own. And that's what osteopathy is. That's what the body does. But 
it's important to note that, you know, sometimes sleeping patterns are not purely uh, because of a body position thing. It's a psychological thing or this or that. And that sometimes doesn't fall on our scope of practice. And that's another expectation that we should talk about a little bit is, um, of course, we have to refer our patients and clients out to other professions and other experts when we get there. Yeah. And just knowing when we've done all we can do for someone and we need some help or some other eyes to look at that problem or to look at that lesion pattern available. Yeah. And it goes hand in hand with, um, like, I know I have patients that come in sometimes and they're seeing three or four different body work practitioners or manual therapy practitioners. And um, a lot of the times with patients, more is not better. I know we have that mentality where more treatment is better, more exercise is better, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, But a lot of times I find that people are doing too much already and they have to slow down on all those things. So a lot of times with my patients, and I'm sure you guys have this um, scenario as well, you'll have someone come in that's seeing six different practitioners and what their body needs is to slow down. And, and as we were taught, or this is a quote from school, I know is that there's too many hands in the cookie jar and to slow down and make it so that there's only one or two hands. So hopefully that, that person will see one or two practitioners because one, their bodies can't actually accept all of the treatment they're getting because they're getting two or three treatments a week. It doesn't have the time to stop and adapt and and work with the treatment provided. Um, And then the other component is that none of those practitioners working all separately like that really know what the other practitioners are doing. So you kind of have a mix of treatment plans where nothing is, is all adding up and working together. Yeah. I feel like those are sometimes really hard conversations to have with patients because it is partially patient education. Um, but it's also, I know what I'm capable of doing, um, and how my, how effective my treatment can be and making sure I give you what I think is best for the body is part of my job description. So having that conversation initially, um, with patients sometimes leads to the point where they're not prepared to do any of that. And then that question goes back to them. Well, is this the right time for us to really be working with you then? That's such a hard conversation to have with people yeah and it and it's it's not because there it's not like a selfish thing I think sometimes people think it's oh you just don't want me to do that but it has nothing to do with that it's really from that patient education side of things of this is what I know the body's capable of doing and if you don't give it that time and space to do its job which it's designed to do which we want it to do we want to teach your body to do that job so that you don't have to keep coming back and relying on an outside force to make that change, we want your body to um, basically balance and create stability and make sure that it can move forward on its own. Yeah. We want that, that to happen. And in that scenario, like obviously we want to be the practitioner that's helping you, but if you've had good success and good result with another practitioner, then go see them. I'm perfectly okay with that, but you need to wind down and bring it down. So you only have, you know, a one hand in the cookie jar to make sure that, each of those uh, or your body or each of those clients in that scenario are getting the result they need because their body can adapt to treatment. Right. Um, And another thing to mention uh, when we talk about that is just the fact that the, sometimes the body itself can just be overwhelmed, not only just in treatment, but also with exercise and lack of sleep and all of these other components. And sometimes you have to pick away at those components to get the body in a position where it's healthy enough or ready to handle the treatment that's coming for it. Yeah. We haven't, I was just going to add in that we have enough stress in our life. So 
you know, anything you do is a little bit of an added stress to the body and mind. So if you're running around town, seeing five different practitioners a week, that's a lot of stress for your mind and body to go through. And there's no time for healing. There's no time where you can just let things unwind and let your body do what it's meant to do. So I think kind of what Colby mentioned, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen, just, you know, find a practitioner, give them your trust, you know, see through that journey. And if it doesn't work, then they will recommend you to someone else. Like we are in the business of in the field of health and wellness and wanting you to be better and provide you with our services if we can. And if it's not meant to be, then that's no problem, right? It's all about the patient's health. What were you going to say, Mandy? I forget. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I That's know, okay. right? No, it it's okay. It happens to all of us throughout the, the conversation, which is always good. Um, did you guys have anything that you wanted to add into uh, that discussion or, or on expectations? The only other thing I think that people, um, I a question that I get off, often asked is just how long, how long is treatment? Because depending on who you go and see, it looks a little bit different practitioner-wise. Oh, so, yes, I understand. Okay. Yeah, so I think that that's maybe something we can touch on as well. Yeah. Um, so with that that kind of idea, what Amanda's talking about is that she's, as she's actually talking about how long the appointment time will be for the patient. And I get this question all the time too. You're 100% right, Amanda, is that a lot of the times people have experience in other fields of manual therapy and appointment times are like the fee that they pay is based on the appointment time. So they may have a, an hour or 40 minutes or an hour and a half appointment and, and clients and patients oftentimes think that time is associated with treatment and result where in reality, the treatment is only going to be what the body requires. So sometimes you'll have a, a patient or client who requires, you know, eight minutes of treatment and someone who requires 25 minutes of treatment. It just completely depends on the patient and the, the lesion pattern at hand. Right. Exactly. And I think it's so important to, as, as patient education, to make sure that the patient understands that we need to give you what you need, not just, I'm just going to keep treating because that time is there. So all of, all of the treatments that I provide, and I think this is the same for both of you, um, is like you said, Colby is a treatment. So if you need, you know, X amount of minutes in treatment and that person needs this amount of minutes, I've made sure that I've allotted enough time to make sure that you both get exactly what you need um, and that you're both leaving with uh, a result. Yeah. And that's also something we figure out, you know, after a few treatments with you, we learn your body, your mechanics, how your body responds to treatment. Um, and even it can be different every time we see you. If you come into the office and you're stressed out, you had a bad day or maybe you've recently injured yourself, that treatment time is going to change a little bit just based on how your body presents and if it can handle treatment that day. Or, you know, if your nervous system is very heightened and the body's kind of say it's pushing us off, but meaning you're not accepting treatment, then, you know, we might need to back off and give it a few days and try again. So it's all so dependent. Yes. Yeah. It's all the, the body will always respond differently. And that's where that time frame comes from in terms of what what treatment will be provided is just as Amanda said, just as I said before, it's it's whatever treatment the body requires. It's not whatever treatment we think we need to the body needs or give to the body. And um, 
with that being said, just something small without getting into too much detail with it is that you can absolutely have uh, not enough treatment and you can have too much treatment. And both of them will, will yield different results. If you go into a, see a patient and um, you don't do enough work to make change, then they're not going to have the result they're looking for. And vice versa, if you do too much work, you can end up with a body that is now trying to compensate for the treatment provided, which can create some extra um, aches and pains or soreness or, or uh, decreased healing time, et cetera. Yep. So well yeah. said. Cool. Exactly. All right, friends. I think we should cut it off there today. All right. We Sounds can do good. That. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. You can always find us at osteocast underscore on Instagram and all your favorite streaming platforms. Cool. Yeah. Give us a listen. Share us with one of your friends or family member. Uh, we always want more people to hear what we have to say. And if you have questions, reach out to us. Don't be shy. Otherwise, we will talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. Have a good day.